Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with another inspiring friend, teammate, and role model for all female athletes around the world. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and constructed into this Dream On podcast you have found here. I hope you're gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people that I have met through my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. We've got another special guest this week, and I'm pumped to get right into it. This episode, I sat down with none other than Taylor Cummings, who many consider the GOAT of women's lacrosse. The only person, female or male, to win the Twarton Award three times. For those of you who don't know what the Twarton Award is, think of the Heisman Trophy in football. That is our award for the best female and best male lacrosse players in college each year. Taylor did it three years in a row. Outside of her incredible list of accolades in the lacrosse world, which includes gold medals with Team USA and national championships with the University of Maryland, to name a few, Taylor is a legend off the field as well. She inspires a great number of people, young and old, all over the world to become a better them through their personal goals and fitness teaching the sport that has given her so many opportunities to shine to young girls all over the country and pushing for bigger and better in not only the lacrosse community, but in the world in general. Through this episode, we chat through her experiences on the lacrosse field, her bravery through internal struggles as a female athlete with challenges like body image and self-confidence, and some of her highest moments and the work it took to get there. TC is someone I am grateful to have met through my professional lacrosse career, a teammate who pushes you to strive for more without even having to physically be in her presence, just by knowing that she's pushing herself to be her very best and allowing that to motivate you. I hope you all can gain that sense from her as well as you listen in. Hello, hello. hi guys. Hi, Kaylin. <laughs> awesome. All right, just getting a couple more in here. Got a good crew today. How's everybody doing? Yep, we got our notes. We're ready to go. I love it. You girls can keep your cameras on, off, whatever you're comfortable with. We know that you're there, so we appreciate you being here. Um, and we're really excited about it. So um, I'm going to hop right into it for sake of time. But uh, thanks again for being here, girls. I know that you, that you know this is through the KO17 Lacrosse app, but I always want to be able to share the the wealth and the knowledge and the experience that I have with you girls. Um, and one of the best things that I have gotten from the sport of lacrosse is the teammates and the people around me that have taught me so much, not only about lacrosse on the field, but um, leadership and life and everything off of it and all the memories that we have together. So um, I'm excited, super, super excited to have my good friend Taylor Cummings here today. I know you guys know the name um, and I know you know her as a player and as a coach. And I know that you girls have also been taking a lot of her virtual uh, training over the last couple months as well. We've done together some of it too. So uh, I'm excited to just kind of chat with her. And if you guys have any questions throughout of it, just make sure that you use the chat feature. Um, I'll make sure that we're kind of getting to those as well, but we had a chance to to kind of get questions on Instagram and we'll get to those as well, but I'm excited about it. And um, yeah, Taylor, thanks for being here. You want to introduce yourself a little bit to our friends here? Thanks, Kai. Uh, hi, girls. Uh, my name is Taylor Cummings. I am in Maryland right now. So I grew up in Maryland. Um, I graduated from the University of Maryland in 2016. So two years older than Kylie. Um, I am on the WPLL fight with Kai. 
and we're on US together. So I've been a part of the US program since 2013. Um, so going on my eighth year or seventh year um, with the US team and um, I'm now coaching high school as well. So I'm in my going to be starting my fourth year of coaching at McDonough School, which is where I went to high school. So lots of lacrosse in my life, uh, but have learned a ton of lessons and never had any kind of access like you guys do growing up that I, you guys have now. So um, really jealous of you guys just for all the resources you have, but excited to be here and answer whatever questions you may have. Awesome. Well, thanks T. I know that she was very humble in her introduction, but girls, I have a nice little list here. Um, some of you may know her as the GOAT, but she is a three-time Tawarton Award winner. She's the only person to ever do that, men's or women's. Um, she played at University of Maryland. She was a two-time national champion, a four-time first-team All-American. She won a gold medal with Team USA in 2017. Um, she's most definitely a uh, WPL All-Star. Like she mentioned, we played on the fight together. Uh, founder of Taylor Cummings Lacrosse, and like she mentioned, the McDonough Girls Lacrosse head coach. So, uh, like she said, a lot of lacrosse, but um, most definitely one of the most talented people out there. But an awesome person as well, so I'm excited to tap into that. Um, but what we like to start with here on our Wednesday Wisdoms, I like to start it off on a good note, on a good mm -hmm. start. Um, and we like to do a lot of this stuff with our Kylie's Corner feature on the app. Uh, we kind of work on a lot of like habits, a lot of journaling, uh, a lot of really tapping into um, the inner part of it and what goes on up here so that we can put our best foot forward out on the field. So Taylor, um, three things here. Something you're thankful for today. What do we got? Um, I took my dog to the vet and she's healthy. So always she's like my little fur child. She's over there asleep on the couch. She uses pillows like a real person. So thankful she's healthy. She's going on six. So happy she's good to go. <laughs> awesome. Something that you are proud to say that you have accomplished today. Oh, I had a grueling run this morning. It was one of those where you step on the treadmill or go out for a run and the first step hurts and it never stops. And I finished. So it was really painful. And one of the times I'm glad I wasn't in the gym, but got it done. <laughs> Love those when they're over, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and lastly, uh, something that you're pumped to go chase tomorrow, this week, in the coming months, et cetera. Uh, you know, we have a U.S. call tonight um, talking about, you know, what's currently going on in our country and, um, you know, increasing the diversity and inclusion within lacrosse itself. And I'm excited to be a part of a team that's willing to kind of do those self-checks and um, continue to, you know, increase awareness and educate ourselves and others. So I think that's something that I'm looking forward to after this. Um, and I think it's gonna be a long-term goal uh, for all of us. So I'm excited to be a part of that. Agreed, agreed. I'm really excited about that as well. Girls, we're gonna wrap this up around 7.55, 7.57 so that we can hop on that call. Um, but we're gonna get a ton of awesome stuff in first. But I know you mentioned before you grew up in Maryland. Um, I know a little bit about your family and how you grew up, right? You have a younger sister just like I do, which is, Awesome. Um, but how did you start? You know, how did you start playing lacrosse? Why did you fall in love with the game in the first place? Uh, did your parents, your family life play a big role in you playing sports growing up? What was the introduction like for you? 
Uh, so I didn't start playing lacrosse until I moved to Maryland. So I was originally born in, Mar in Virginia, um, spent the first five years of my life, which I don't remember much of, uh, being in Richmond. And it wasn't until I came to Maryland that I saw a lacrosse stick. I had no idea what it was. Um, I grew up playing soccer and basketball. My dad played soccer in college. So ESPN was always on. He was always, you know, outside, you know, shooting baskets, playing soccer. And, um, you know, I think being his first kid, he was like, all right, we're going to have an athlete and we're going to go outside. And I'm going to make her like it. And luckily for him, I loved it all. So, um, grew up kind of playing outdoors with him. I grew up on a street with all boys. So we played a ton of sports, roller hockey, skateboarding, you know, backyard games into lacrosse and soccer and whatnot. And, um, lacrosse is actually the last sport I picked up. So I started first real team was soccer and then basketball and then lacrosse. And, um, just kind of, I played all three of those throughout high school, all the way to my senior year. And, um, ended up around like eighth grade, ninth grade, choosing lacrosse as the sport I'd play outside of school. Um, you know, I went to McDonough, which was a good 30 minutes away. And my mom finally was like, you need to decide one score, one sport you're going to play outside of high school, because I can't drive you to, you know, everywhere in an evening. Um, and I chose lacrosse mainly because I love the people and I loved who my teammates were, and they were the people that I got most excited to go see and hang out with and play play with. And, um, I think that lacrosse culture is what drew me in initially. And I think it's what's kept me here. Oh gosh, I'm 20 years. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that. I know that like just being around you for the last couple of years, something that you always, always preach is teammates mm -hmm. and always preach, you know, how you can be a good teammate, but also that, you know, your teammates are the ones that push you on mm -hmm. and off the field. And, um, I love that you mentioned that that has been something from the very start, because that's not something that just kind of pops up in college or just pops up in the pro leagues or on Team USA. Like it's, it's something from the very get go that you want to have that relationship with your teammates and, you know, ultimately push each other. Um, so I know you mentioned that you played other sports, but what are some of the things that you can say about what you learned from playing those other sports? I know it's a common question that we both get a lot, but and how can you kind of preach to these girls and any of your girls at McDonough or at your clinics and things that, you know, it's a good thing to be playing other sports as well as lacrosse while you're growing up? Absolutely. You know, I'm a huge fan of playing other sports. I'm a huge fan of doing other things. So choir, art, dance, band, whatever, like whatever you're excited about and able to do outside of just strictly lacrosse. I think it's super important um, for me. You know, I don't have any rhythm. I was, you know, I lost my good singing voice when puberty hit. So <laughs> athletics was it for me. <laughs> um, but I loved it. Lost it. I never found it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I think for me, you know, multiple sports, playing soccer and basketball across consistently. One, I think it helped me avoid burnout, especially as I got older and more serious with lacrosse. Um, I only played, you know, summer club, and then we'd have a couple fall ball tournaments, and then spring was high school. So it wasn't necessarily all year round like you guys are now, but, you know, fall for me meant soccer, and winter meant basketball, and then 
spring mint lacrosse and summer mint lacrosse. And I think for me, having different things to focus on made me really excited to play other things, but also made me really excited once lacrosse season did come around. You know, I did, when spring came, it wasn't, ugh, I've been playing for seven months. It was, oh, I haven't touched my stick in a while. Like, I'm really excited to go play and to see my teammates. And so I think mentally playing other sports was like a great thing for me um, to kind of take the pressure off and, you know, not, if I screwed up in soccer, like who cared? Like I wasn't getting recruited. I wasn't going to go college. Like the worst that was happened was like, my coach would yell at me, but our team was full of lacrosse players playing soccer. Like we weren't, we had a couple ODP girls, but for the most part, we were just athletes. And um, I think that was really important. I think, you know, so many things translate over to lacrosse. So footwork and defense and basketball, you know, endurance, space, uh, field awareness in soccer, like that helped me when it came to lacrosse, which I also really liked. Um, and I think I learned to play for different coaches. You know, I played for, you know, males, females, you know, really strict, really loose, um, you know, very technically oriented, very instinctually oriented. Like, so I learned kind of how to adapt. And I think that helped me throughout high school and college, but I also think it helped me come US where you're thrown into systems that you have to figure out in a weekend. Mm -hmm. And so being able to adapt, I think I learned that at a young age, just going from sport to sport. Um, plus they were a lot of fun. So I think whatever you guys are able to do, I know it's so hard to play three, given the commitments for you guys, but even two, I think it helps in so many areas besides just athletics. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you kind of obviously tapped on something that was so important there, but that adaptability piece is so, so key. Um, and I think it's something that um, a lot of coaches, they, they see people as, or they see kids as, you know, okay, that's my player, right? Like that's my player on my lacrosse team. Like we, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily see them as this holistic person that plays other sports or has other hobbies or has other interests. So, um, you know, just as players, just remember that those, those things are okay to have, right? You, you're going to play your role when you're at that practice or at that team, um, you know, that team's game, like that's your priority right then and there. But at the same time, like you have to know that your other interests and your other hobbies are also, um, they can be important to you and you can, you can put as much uh, emphasis on them as you'd like, uh, just because you ultimately are passionate about them. That's another thing that I think was so important that you said. Um, so fast forwarding to recruiting, I know it's a heavy topic right now, um, heavy, heavy topic, it just especially because I know there's a handful of us who are on this call who are at the age that are kind of getting there, getting ready for the recruiting years, but also there's a handful of us who are kind of stuck in the middle of it right now, especially with COVID happening. Um, what, you know, what was your recruiting process like first and foremost? Um, give us a little story of that, and then I guess we can go into some of the questions that the girls have. Um, you know, my recruiting process was pretty stressful, um, just as it is for everyone. Um, and it was pretty fast, but it didn't feel fast. It felt like it was took forever. And I think a lot of that had to do with the buildup. You know, I was on, I played for M and D and I was on it in sixth grade. So you kind of wait until like 11th grade. So you're basically like preparing for five years and then it finally gets there and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's recruiting summer. I have to go to so many camps. I have to go to so many showcases and tournaments. And so I think as an individual, it was like, this is a huge summer. And so it was a lot of pressure. Um, 
now, you know, talking before my actual process, I think what helped me get through that was my team was very team oriented. And my coach basically said, if you guys go out and play and you play as a team, you're going to make each other look good. And then that's going to help you guys get or get recruited. So they're going to recruit you for te- as the teammates you are, as well as individual players, which I think was really helpful. Um, but anyway, fast forward to September 1st, it was, you know, that's, it's what the rule is now, which is good for you guys. I think, you know, at one point we had eighth graders on campus at Maryland, which was insane. Um, so summer, September 1st of my junior year, um, get a ton of emails, get phone calls, really exciting, really stressful, um, trying to organize, you know, things into files in my email and figuring out, um, you know, what I wanted and talking to coaches. And, um, you know, for me, I wanted, I knew I wanted three things. First and foremost, I wanted to go to a good school where I could get a good education. Um, I wanted to go to a good business school. So that was like primary for me, academic. And my dad always preached, you're not going to go make millions of dollars like NBA players. Like you need to go get a degree that you can use. So we have to think school first. Um, second, I wanted to be around a program and a part of a team that was a team first mentality, had a great culture, um, had a great balance of competing, but having fun. Cause that's what I'd grown up with. Um, and third, you know, for me, I was somebody who wanted to compete for a national championship and that was really important to me. Um, you know, some of my teammates did not, some wanted to, you know, go mid D1, some wanted to go D2, D3 and, um, which is, you know, everyone's different, which I think was super important. And our coaches never forced us, okay, you all have to look top 10 D1. Like we all, he wanted us to find our place. And so those were kind of the three things I walked into recruiting, knowing right off the bat, like that's what I wanted. Didn't know if I wanted public, private, close, far, big, small. I had no idea. Um, so from there, I went on a Maryland, two Maryland visits, a UNC visit, a Duke visit. Um, I was signed up to go to Notre Dame in Florida. And those are kind of like my top five. And um, eventually I came down to Maryland and UNC. And I remember making, you know, the pros and cons lists on my teacher's whiteboard. And <laughs> I remember talking to my parents and my best friend who was kind of like my sounding board Um, She was also getting recruited, but we were looking at different places. So it was nice to kind of have, you know, somebody to bounce things off of. Um, But I think what ultimately helped me make my decision was the fact that my coach, my M&D coach said, go talk to somebody who's graduated from Maryland and someone who's graduated from UNC and get like the real deal perspective on the program, what the coaches are like, what their experience was like, things they love, things they hated. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that kind of sealed it for me. The feeling I got out of talking to the Maryland alum was the feeling that I wanted to have when I left college. And so, um, you know, that's what I suggest to my McDonough kids is you're going to get a lot of, you know, current players who, you know, are trying to talk to you and schmooze you and get you to come, but the players who've left, who have no stake in the game, um, those are the kind of the people you want to talk to. So that's who, um, that's kind of how my process went. I ended up committing, um, 
oh gosh, end of September. So pretty fast. Um, but it was like a crazy four weekends of visits and calls and whatnot. Wow. So you did all those visits back to back to back pretty much. In pretty September. much. So I basically went, I visited Maryland once before, um, September 1st, because I went to like a camp or something. So I got to kind of see it there. And then I went basically Maryland, UNC Duke. And then like that last weekend, I was like, actually I went UNC Duke, Maryland. And mm -hmm. then after my last Maryland visit, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I want to commit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I got like the fuzzy feeling that they talk about and there was no turning back. Yeah. I, I love that, that you, you mentioned that on another call that we were on, right, with the IWLCA and how you um, had, when in your recruiting process, it, it's tough, right? You get down to the final two or you even get down to a final five and you're like, how am I supposed to make these decisions, especially as a 15, 16, 17-year-old girl who barely knows what's going on in high school? Um, I know for me, it was like, it was 10th going into 11th grade. Like I was just, you know, you're still trying to find out who you are as a person, nonetheless, where you want to go in life. So um, I think that's so important to talk to someone who had gone through it um, in those alums and, you know, now being an alum from me at Stony Brook, right? It's the same thing. Like you talk about, you talk to anybody about their experiences and everybody's got a different one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's, what's also really cool. It's going to actually kind of segue into our next conversation here, but it's one of the, my favorite parts about, post-collegiate lacrosse now is all these players like that you would be rivals with you would play against in college right like your home was your team and it was us against the world our locker room versus your locker room type of thing and then now post-collegiately it's you have all these different people from all these different colleges and um you know they might have been your rivals on the field but now they they got to be your teammate now you got to kind of work together and um kind of form those friendships and it's friendships you never thought that you'd have too and i think that's so so special um so i think you know kind of again just tying that in right like you're you're an alum now you're one of the ones who gets to look back at Maryland and be able to tell some of these girls about your experiences and your real life experiences there. Um, you know, now going into the WPLL being a thing and you get to continue your career um, playing lacrosse, doing the thing that you love. What was that like post-collegiately for you, recognizing that you could continue to do this? Um, so when I graduated, that's when the UWLX first started. So my senior spring was the uwlx draft for the first ever professional women's lacrosse league and i remember two like a week and a half after the national championship um kayla trainer and i were standing on a field in massachusetts playing a professional game and we were like wow <laughs> like, really quickly <laughs> i can't believe we're playing again but like it's really cool but I miss my team, but like, this is our new, our new reality. And like, this is really exciting. It was the first kind of few months after graduating were tough. Um, you know, I think you're trying to figure out your next phase, right? You know, you talked about going to college and playing college lacrosse. And then after college lacrosse, you're kind of like, what's next? And I think we are, I was so fortunate and you're so fortunate that we never really had that gap, like mm -hmm. a year or two gap where we didn't play other than us. And we do have the, have the WPLL league. And, um, I think that's really exciting and something that, you know, you guys on this call, like you have something to aspire to post-college that 
Kylie and I didn't have growing up. Um, you know, it wasn't a thing until I was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for you guys, like it's a great opportunity to, to set your goals even higher than college lacrosse. Um, even us for me, you know, I, um, I didn't dream of being on the U S team. I never thought I was going to be at that level. Um, for a while I dreamed of being on the U S soccer team. And then that, that went away, um, <laughs> very quickly. Um, but still a big fan. Um, <laughs> we can still be friends with them, right? <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I was placed on the team after world cup, after the 2013 World Cup, they had a bunch of retired players leave and they basically needed players. So me and Kayla Trainer and Alex Aust and Taylor Trimble just got thrown in there. And I was like, whoa, I don't belong. Um, but then you start like that dream soon became like a reality. And so uh, where it was something that I wanted that I'd not wanted previously. And so I think for you guys, like you're at a great age where you can kind of set your goals in stages and you know, the sky's the limit for you guys. You know, you could, you're going to be the ones playing in the Olympics. Um, like I won't be, I will be 34 at the earliest and I will be in the stands cheering hard, but I, <laughs> but you guys have that. And I think it's something that you're, it's so special and it shouldn't be taken for granted. And um, you know, I think everything that you're doing now, all this work mentally and physically is there are those little building blocks to, to get you there. Yes, absolutely. I love what you said about setting your goals in stages, right? Cause a lot of times, um, you know, and it's something that we say, I say, you say all the time is, you know, dream big, but sometimes we, you know, life, life happens, right. And you have goals that you didn't even know that you had, right. Or you had dreams come up that you, wouldn't have even known that you had without the life experiences that kind of add up to them. So um, I love that because I actually didn't know that about your um, your experience with Team USA and your your goals with that. So look at me, I'm learning things too, girls. Uh, I love it. Um, so I think, you know, a little bit more about, I actually skipped over this and this is something that I very much so want to ask, but um, back to college days, what was it like to win, not one, but two national championships? Um, you know, that was something that I dreamed of for a long time. Um, you know, once I decided that college lacrosse was what I wanted to do, um, winning a national championship was like my goal with that. And it's something that was really important for me in my recruiting process. And then when I got to Maryland, it was something that, um, you know, came to fruition, but it took a ton of hard work. And I think you know, I went to four throughout my career and I won two and I lost two and the wins, you know, we, to win when we won my sophomore year with a team that had lost Alex Oss, which who, who was the reigning player attacker of the year, Katie Haas, who is the reigning midfielder of the year, Ileana Sanza, who is the reigning defender of the year. We lost our entire defense. We were ranked like seventh or eighth in the polls, I think, going into the season. And I think that one was really special because we were kind of a team that had lost the year before in triple overtime, which if you haven't watched that game, I've never watched that game. But never watched it. apparently it's really awesome. <laughs> You've never watched it? No, I can't. I was going to ask. <laughs> um, it's too painful. Even, you know, what, eight years later, it still hurts. It's okay. Um, I have a game like that as well. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, to win after losing that and feeling such heartbreak to go back and win and have those dreams kind of come to fruition. I wish I'd had like a mental like video stream of like everything, all the sights and sounds that I was seeing because it's like a happiness you can't describe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then losing is like a pain you can't describe where it hits you in your gut and it, it feels, um, you know, whether you lose an elite eight or final four, anything less than once you have your heart set on a national championship, anything less than winning sucks. And, um, it kind of takes the air out of you. Um, so winning is great. Um, but I think, you know, what was really cool for me was my senior year, we got our butts kicked. Um, and I walked off and my dad was like, are you okay? And I remember looking at him and being like, I won two. I lost four games in college. I'm good. Like I wouldn't have wanted to win with a different team. I would have rather lost with this team than won with somebody else. And I think for me, that kind of came full circle. Like that's where I was supposed to be. Like I wouldn't trade this bad feeling to go win with somebody else. And I think for you guys, when you're going through your process, if that's the route you want to take, like that's where you want to find your home. And I'm sure you felt the same way with Stony Brook. You know, you would have rather lost with them than one with somebody else. And um, that's what you guys should be focusing on is like finding that home that makes feeling those bad things. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. it's worth it to have gone through the journey with them. I love that. Give me chills. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right girls. Anybody else? I love it. Um, But yeah, I think that's something that I, I definitely like, I think that, of course, like you mentioned, one, two, lost two, but you know, you are so, so lucky to have won those two, like you mentioned. It is such an awesome thing, I can imagine. Like, there are only a handful, and this is something that I forget what podcast I was just listening to, but someone had mentioned, you know, there's only a handful of people in every sport that, um, you know, are able to say that they're either a gold medalist or they play for Team USA or there's only a handful of people in every sport that can say that they've won national championships as well. So um, it's such a special thing. So um, just, I love that you were able to share those experiences with us as well. Um, I think, you know, just kind of mentioning quickly, we talked a little bit about Team USA, but, um, you know, again, just to kind of tie this in, what was it like to win a gold medal in 2017? Like, what was that trip like? Um, For those of the girls that don't know what you know, where you guys went and what the World Cup was like in 2017. Uh, what were some of your favorite memories from there? So winning a gold medal was like a completely different experience because basically on US, you go through a four-year tryout. So you're basically trying out for four years until you make the World Cup roster. And so I think a win in itself for me was making that roster and being like, whew, I did it. Um, you know, I remember crying when Ricky called me, um, I think partially out of nerves and partially out of like relief of it, just that process being over. Um, but our World Cup in 2017 was in um, London. So we went to London and we basically were gone the entire month of July of 2017. Um, we had a one week training experience training week at off location at a different town in England. Um, that was a little bit more relaxed. We got to go to the Harry Potter, uh, set in the Walt, the Warner brothers, Harry Potter set out in London, which was so cool. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So that was like the coolest day 
one of the coolest days of my life. How many times uh, have you read the uh, series through? Uh, I it, but I read it over quarantine. So I read all seven books in like five weeks. So oh no, okay. a lot of time. Don't hate me. I've never read or seen any of the movies. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Riley. I know. I'll do that after the books next one. Next one. They're <laughs> um. But anyway, so we had a training week, and then we had we basically played eight games in ten days. Uh, once World Cup started, for you guys, you sometimes play eight games in a weekend, but for for us, um, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, we, it was definitely really tough, um, pretty grueling to say the least. Um, and we ended up, you know, you're playing against, against a bunch of different countries. Uh, the cool thing is, you know, most of the countries we played against had American players on them. So you knew people on each team was, which was really cool. Um, but you also got to meet a ton of people who you'd never met before. Um, you know, we saw different cultures and the way they prepared for games and, uh, you know, the way New Zealand played, prepared for games, they did like a ritual uh, dance beforehand. And it was really, really cool to kind of be around so much excitement from so many different countries. Um, we ended up playing Canada in the championship and won. And it was a freezing cold, like rainy England game. Um, I think the coolest part from that game was we, when we won, and we were getting our medals. It was downpouring, but then they like had these big flame shooters coming up. So it was like a really cool, like you're freezing cold. You want to go inside, but like this is an awesome moment, and it looks really cool in the pictures. And it was a really special thing to be a part of. Um, you know, I think my favorite thing about us is you're just representing something so much bigger than yourself, and to win, you know, the ultimate gold on foreign soil and represent your country, um, was just a huge honor. And, um, you know, I think my dad, it's probably his like proudest moment is like being there and seeing me do that. So, um, it was really cool. And now world cup 21 is in Maryland. So right. You guys can drive there. So hopefully you guys can all go and experience that. Yeah, we see some excited faces there. But yes, next uh, next summer, 2021, um, July 7th, I believe it starts. Towson, yep. Maryland. So um, that's a special thing, girls. Every four years and, you know, every once in a blue moon, the U.S. gets to host it. So uh, right here on home turf, um, that'll be really exciting to kind of be there for. Um, I would also like to kind of just talk about I know that you um and a lot of you girls also follow Taylor on not only Instagram but um her YouTube channel as well um I know that YouTube is something that you um you love to do right like it's something that you put a lot of pride into and um I respect it because I also you know I tried (laughs) and it's a lot of work it's a lot of dedication it's a lot (laughs) you know, thinking up new ideas, creativity, and just a lot of the behind the scenes work that goes into like a two minute video, right? Like it's a lot of stuff. So um, I know that there's a lot of hard work that goes into that, but I know just kind of segueing into something that you most recently talked about on your YouTube channel um, and something that I know that you're very um, outwardly spoken about on your social channels. And I think it's, it's incredible because it's something that um, one, a lot of us girls, no matter our age, right. It's something that we always grow up thinking about. Like we're 
Um, you know, just always thinking about our body image, especially as female athletes, um, but just as women or as people in general, you know, just kind of like being comfortable in your own skin and um, always having that look to your left, look to your right, comparing yourself to someone, uh, whether it's, you know, how long your legs are or how fast you can run or, you know, mm-hmm. your tummy compared to someone else, like whatever it might be. Um, and I think just ultimately finding that confidence to be proud in your own skin and be able to know like what your, what your superpowers are and have, be able to own them. So I think just kind of segueing into your videos about that, like what were some of um, if you girls haven't checked it out, like you got to go check out Taylor's YouTube channel and her new videos on just talking about her experience with body image. And, um, you know, I think why is it such an important topic for you to talk about with your girls and um, with anybody who's willing to listen? Um, you know, I think for one, I think talking about it continues to help me. Um, so I, you know, the more I talk about it, I think the more you kind of take away any stigma and it's the same thing with mental health, um, eating disorders, you know, it goes, it goes always, um, in terms of, you know, the more you talk about it, the easier it is and the less kind of weird or scary or vulnerable it it makes you. Um, but for me, you know, body image was something I struggled with, um, pretty much since I was your guys age. Um, you know, as an athlete, I was not stick skinny. I, my mom always jokes, like I was born with thighs. And if you look at my dad, I have his build to a T and, you know, big thighs, broad shoulders, you know, lean and muscular, but still muscular. And, um, you know, as a young elementary school kid, didn't care, you know, I, you know, completely unaware of, you know, that, that insight and, and that, you know, focusing on what other people thought. I just was a kid having fun. And it wasn't until, um, probably about middle school, like sixth, seventh grade, where you start thinking about social, uh, dynamics and you're trying to, you know, figure out what's cool and on trend. And, um, you know, that's when I started to realize like, I wasn't a size zero. I didn't fit into, you know, the super, super skinny, low rise Hollister jeans that everybody was fitting into. And um, that was really tough for me. And I remember crying in dressing rooms and just not understanding that like putting two, two and two together, like my body helps me play sports or my body, you know, makes me run faster than the boys. It just didn't correlate. And Um, it was something I struggled with for a while and then, you know, puberty hits and you grow. And, um, I think that became less of a thing. I also think once I got to high school, I kind of found my place socially, um, with other athletes. I really wasn't friends with many athletes in middle school. And so being around athletes who looked like me, who felt the way I did, you know, it wasn't so bad when you were with other people experiencing the same thing. And, Um, between feeling more comfortable socially and growing, you know, high school was pretty easy for me in terms of my body image, but also like in terms of my relationship with food, like I ate what I want. I would go to Chick-fil-A all the time and get, you know, nugs and a milkshake and French fries and I'd eat, you know, anything. And it just wasn't, I love that high school metabolism. (laughs) And, um, 
you know, it, high school was fine for me. And I think once I got to college, you know, that, that started to, those negative thoughts started to creep in again. Um, that vulnerability, that figuring out where you are socially, figuring out, you know, college throws a bunch of different things at you. And, um, you know, for me, the way I coped was I, you know, would eat and, um, I ended up, you know, gaining, you know, the classic freshman 15. Um, it didn't hurt my athletics at all. You know, I started, I was playing every game. I played every minute, but I would come home and not really like the way I looked in the mirror. And I remember being really just unsure and upset and not really knowing what to do. And I blamed lifting a lot. And, um, you know, I'm somebody who can put on muscle very, very quickly. And so that was an easier, like, oh, it's lifting. It's not the fact that I'm not running and working out or, you know, eating Chipotle and Panda Express within two hours of each other, or, you know, going out and doing things socially with my teammates that I hadn't done in high school. And, um, you know, I think it took for me like a lot, a little more self-control and realizing that what, how I was treating my body wasn't helping me and either mentally, emotionally, or physically. And so I started eating better and exercising more and kind of got myself to a good spot again. I felt great. Um, I was playing well and, um, you know, felt super confident socially and with myself. And I think, you know, right around after 2014, where we won the national championship, I won Torton. That summer, I was entering a new relationship. Um, and I think I started to realize that a lot of people were taking photos of me or I was in magazines or, um, you know, I probably wasn't in them more than, you know, I had been before, but for some reason I was very aware of how visible I was, um, whether it was, you know, camp photos or, um, Instagram, like Instagram was becoming really popular. And, um, I think for me, I was like, that shifted me to like, oh gosh, I don't look that great in that photo. Like I'm going to work out a little bit more. And then it started to be like, okay, well, I'm working out more, but I'm still eating like Chick-fil-A all the time. So I'm going to cut back on what I'm eating. And it got, got to a point where I was working out like two to three times a day and eating barely enough to sustain myself and keep from passing out. And, um, that pretty much was like seven months of my life. And, you know, I had teammates who, uh, you know, tried to help and step in and be like, you know, what's going on? Is everything okay? You look really skinny. Um, and something I mentioned in my video, like, I think one of the things that hurt me was the validation of being like, oh, you're real, you look really skinny. And it wasn't them being like, no, you look great. It was like, no, there's something wrong. But I didn't take it as that. Any, like, anything that made me feel like, oh, okay, it's working, like other people are noticing that kind of fed the beast. And it wasn't until, um, you know, I had my fall meeting with Kathy and she was like, you played fine, but like, you know, not great, not, not what you used to do. And, you know, what's going on? Like, there's something going on. She could tell. And I got really defensive and it wasn't until like, I kind of almost realized like, okay, I'm losing lacrosse. I'm losing my teammates, I'm losing my happiness. Like I'm not happy. I'm angry all the time. I'm hungry all the time. Um, 
you know, that I really was like, you need to get yourself in check. And so I basically spent all of Thanksgiving and winter break, basically like writing down what I was eating to make sure I was eating enough and writing down what I was exercising to make sure I wasn't over exercising and using that as like a way to keep myself in check. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, you know, I got to a spot where I started to have a healthier relationship with food, a healthier relationship with exercise. It takes a lot of work. Um, but you know, it's been like five, I guess, five years, um, since I've been kind of in a really low spot. And I think for you guys, it's really important one to realize we all look in the mirror and we all have things we don't like. And, you know, for me, I've broken my nose four times. I've busted my lip. I have like a droopy lip. You know, there's days my thighs are still big. I got a big butt. Like there's things that, you know, I look that are unique to me. Um, but I think the thing that really helped me and hopefully can help you guys is every time I had a negative thought from junior year on, I'd be like, okay, you know, ask my thighs look big today, but I'd be like, well, my thighs help me run fast or, you know, my broad shoulders help me win the drop or, you know, my broken nose makes me, you know, that's what I, that's what it is. That's my new face and it looks great and I'm pretty and we're just going to deal with it, you know? And I think for you guys, like that positive self-talk, the more you can talk positively to yourself, there's people in your life that are telling you positive things. And I think once you start hearing it internally, then you're more, then you're more open and welcome to the positivity that's coming to you. Cause my friends were like, Taylor, you're beautiful. Like you're strong. Like you don't need to do this, but it isn't until you start really believing in yourself and having those conversations with yourself that you really start to hear the outside feedback. Um, so I've been, you know, pretty much five years since that eating disorder. Um, and it's still tough for me to talk about. Um, but I think, you know, I see, I coach high school. I see so many kids going through it, both who I coach and, you know, I've, I've had teammates and friends do the same and go through the same. And, um, I think, the more you can talk about it and find people who have been through it, the easier it is. And for me, I didn't go to therapy, um, but I know people who have, and it's just about finding, you know, what works for you and what you need to, to get through. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, you know, sharing that story. I know you did it on your YouTube channel, but of course, just like here and being able to, like you said, I think at the at the end is so important. One, the self-talk is is huge because I think that, you know, no matter what you're struggling with, girls, no matter what it is, we're all struggling with something internally. But if you can also flip that those negative switches around into some sort of positive, um, like I just love I love what you said. Like I I broke my nose six times as well. So it's something <laughs> I, that I see when I look in the mirror yeah. and I'm just like, hey, that's awesome. Like now I can tell people, you know, if people didn't know that I played lacrosse before or that I played all sorts of different sports. Like that's my story, you know, yeah. like you see a crooked nose. That's because somebody, you know, punched me in the face in the middle of the game, you know, whatever it might be, but that's not the actual story. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think just finding those, the positivity and continuing to repeat it in your head as well. And that works for, you know, not only the body image, but, and looking in the mirror and telling yourself positive things as well, but um, on the fields when you're making mistakes and um, when you feel like you're having a bad game or you're having a bad day or, 
uh, things are not going your way socially, things are not going your way in the classroom, you know, different things that you are, negative things are going to happen in life. And the mm -hmm. way that you can, like you said, let the people around you who are trying to help you and uplift you, let their thoughts kind of seep in and let their words kind of seep in and really mm -hmm. make them internal and practice them yourself. The more you can do that, the same way you practice wall ball, just as much as you do, the more yeah. you do it, the more reps you get. Um, the better off you're going to get with your stick, right? And the more comfortable you're going to get with your stick. It's the same thing with repeating those really positive, that really positive self-talk. Just continue to repeat it to yourself and it'll become normal and comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that, Taylor. I think, you know, super important message for not only the girls on this call, but just uh, myself as well. You know, I think it's important to know that no matter what kind of platform you have and no matter what kind of surroundings you have it's also very important to be vulnerable because you never know um you know what people are going through i think that was actually our kylie's corner habit this week was one of our quotes was you know be kind for you know everyone you meet is battling a struggle that you know battling a fight that you have nothing you know nothing about so we had kind of worked on that as well earlier this week so i love that we were talking about that a little bit but um, you know, we have about seven minutes left here before Taylor and I have to hop on another call that we're really excited about. But one more, you know, important question before I kind of actually, we got to get into some of our questions from KO17 lacrosse. Um, you guys wrote some questions in on our Instagram and, um, I thought these were really creative ones. So I'm excited to talk about them, but Taylor, why do you wear number 21? What's, do you have a story behind that? Or is it just your favorite number? So I never wore 21 until college. Um, I was either 10 or 14. Uh, 14 was my dad's number. And then um, 14 was retired in soccer uh, at McDonough. So I ended up being 10. And so those were like my two numbers growing up. Um, and when I got to college, Alex Oss was 10 and Ileana Sanza, defending defender of the year was 14. So those were not options for me. Um, and so I was given 21. And um, from there, you know, it's just been my number since 2012. So, um, you know, it, I identify with that number more than I do any other number now, but it was never a number until then. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. If there was a dream spot you would want to play a WPLL game at, where would that be? Ooh. Um, I've always wanted to go to Greece or Australia. So, um, obviously if Corona was gone and we could travel, that would be my dream. I'd love to go play on like the beach in Australia. I think that would be cool. If they ever decide to foot that bill, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I will be right there alongside you. It's been a nice little month there vacationing and exploring. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Uh, two more here. What your favorite game that um, us, we have played together in on the fight or with Team USA? Um, you know, I think anytime we can play against Canada, um, I had a real, like, I think the last time we had Fall Classic where we played them under the lights was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, that's just, you know, I feel like that's what makes US really unique is you get to play against other countries and Canada's our biggest rival. So anytime we can play them, um, I love and playing under the lights is my favorite. So that's kind of one of the favorite ones I've had. Me too. Uh, that was definitely a very memorable one. It was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. that too. Um, 
Okay, this one I love as well, kind of ties into everything that you've been talking about, but how do you gain confidence on the field, um, especially after you make a mistake or having a bad game? Uh, you know, I think the best thing is I have such amazing teammates that, you know, they give me confidence. So if I'm, if I screw up, if I miss a shot, if I, you know, miss a slide, it's always like, I make it a point to be like, my bad, like that was me. But what ends up happening right away is you have teammates coming up, be like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. You got the next one. And even if I'm feeling that doubt, you know, they believe in me and I try to reciprocate that to my teammates as well. And I think for you guys, like if you can create that culture within your teams where it's okay to make mistakes because you know, your teammates have your back and you have each other's back, then that helps you create your create confidence all over again. Um, but I think the big thing is also that positive talk, you know, you're gonna screw up. We all screw up. I throw bad passes. I miss shots. I miss, I go early on the draw, everything in between. Um, and Kylie and I play at the highest level. So you guys are expected to do that and more. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. Um, just learning from your mistakes and then moving on, I think is the biggest, biggest thing. Awesome. All right. We got a little quick little speed round for you um, before we wrap up, but okay. Fun ones here. And on a fun note, we love to, we love to do that here, but go to breakfast meal. Oh gosh. I'm not a big breakfast eater, but when I do, um, I love a good acai bowl. Ooh, good one. All right. Favorite genre of music. Country. That's pretty <laughs> much all I listen to. <laughs> you do, right? Um, <laughs> okay. What was your favorite best con concert you've ever been to? Um, I went to Kenny Chesney for like five years in a row. So probably him or Luke Bryan. Those are two of my favorites. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite board or card game? Favorite game? Uh, board game. I love trouble. <laughs> um, card game, Greg and I, my boyfriend have been playing, uh, five crowns quite a bit. It's like gin rummy kind of. So that's, those have been our quarantine go-tos. <laughs> Um, okay. Tacos or pizza? Uh, probably tacos. Uh, but I do love pizza as well. <laughs> Friday night pizza night. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, favorite place to shop for clothes? Target all the way. I really cheap and great stuff. So yeah. I'm always the person who walks in needing two things and leaving with 20. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all attest to that. Um, <laughs> Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know we have another call to be on with Team USA, but um, I know from everyone here at KO17 Lacrosse and anyone that's going to see any of these videos, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of your, your wisdom for us tonight. Um, I know these girls learned so much from you, from how you play and how, you know, kind of ferocious you are on the field, but you're such an awesome person off the field. And I think that's such a, an incredible dual threat that, you know, you girls should definitely take into your lives as well. Um, you know, find what you're passionate about, keep that, keep that positive self-talk going, no matter what it is. And you always have us to reach out to, um, if you need anything at all, but thank you guys for tuning in and thank you Taylor so much for being here. Of course. Thanks guys. Uh, hope you guys are staying safe and getting back on the field soon. Yeah. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye thank everyone. You. Have a good night. See you in a couple T. Great. Right, see ya. <laughs>